So I'm like, it would be comfortable, more comfortable to have him shower me than a complete stranger. Yeah. It's controversy time, baby. You are now listening to the FNB. guys welcome to episode four and today i'm with a very special guest her name is carissa and she is gonna explain herself because your girl can't introduce her because she needs that much of an introduction oh dang i feel like a big deal (laughs) she goes like a queen um queen energy um so introduce yourself so i'm carissa I am 30. I always want to say 29, but I always forget. It's like She's like, recent. um, I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> um, what do you want to know? I run my dad's business. Mm-hmm. Been a dog groomer, been a hairdresser. Woman of many talents. There we go. Okay. So Carissa came on today because we have some very controversial topics to talk about. And I think a lot of people can relate to these experiences that we both have had. Is that how I say that? Have had? Yes. Um, so I want to ask you, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. <laughs> Hit me with the big one. <laughs> She's doing great now. So wasn't always. Wasn't always. Yeah. Um, so I know that there's a very touchy sh- subject. It's a very touchy subject for you, but... I think a lot of people can benefit from having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are actually, so disclaimer, I want to do a disclaimer. Um, these are triggering topics. So if you do not like anything triggering, um, do not listen to this fucking podcast, especially this episode. Okay. Just hit next. Just hit next. <laughs> Just don't even fucking click on it. Skip. <laughs> She's canceled. Um, so... Let's talk about um, your past relationship that kind of molded you. Like the most recent. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, the most traumatic. Though the worst. Okay, the worst one. Yeah. We're going to start with the worst one. Um, Let's kind of chat about how that molded you into the person that you became today. Okay. Okay. And we're going to kind of go from the beginning. So, so talk about like the very beginning, like the good stuff. Oh, it was great. First, yeah. In the beginning. We were great. Like we had so, a good time. How'd you guys meet? Like tell me like the first well, date. How'd we meet? Those are like blurry, honestly, because of all of like the bad, bad. stuff at the end. There's like, you really got to just like tap into the subconscious to get to that point. I don't really remember like, I guess I do. You our remember some Yeah, our first things. date. Yeah, like our first date was ice cream in a movie. Okay. Really simple. Um, we had a good time. We laughed. We joked around. There was no, like, awkwardness. We had the same sense of humor, which can be kind of dark sometimes. Girl. Chris has got a lot of dark humor. So it was good. Like, we were together total eight years. Wow. And, like, I would say for the first five, great. There were really yeah for the first five it was great, I mean there were some hiccups along well, the right. way but that's normal. But, but like, like five years though of like really good, 
yeah, we communicated great. There was never any like going to bed angry. I mean, we had built a whole life together in that five years. Um, like we had a house. We did. You did everything that adults should do. Yes. Yes. But like at the five year mark, that's when we got married. And then at the eight year mark, that's when we were divorced. So, so a lot went down in that last three years. So where, so at that five year mark, did mm-hmm. you, was it something that you started to notice little things or was it like a big, like blow up that happened where you're like what the fuck is this i've never seen the side of this person so at the five-year mark there were like some things prefacing that like probably in like the three four-year area that i was like mm, so three four years in you were like sus. like i'm not okay. okay with this but like i never felt secure enough to confront or talk about what was bothering me yeah but because, you knew in your gut you were like yeah mm. like there was like that little voice in the back of your head that's like mm, sis you need to be paying attention to this and i completely was like oh I just I love him and I want to ignore that red flag this was before you guys got married though yeah okay so but you still knew like you're like honestly I can look past this yes. like they I love like, him massive but yeah. they were just tiny little red flags along the way that you were like mm. but you didn't see it though in the first three years no wow. total like wolf in sheep's clothing type of situation shut yeah up I remember like one of the first triggering things for me was like I was working in a hair salon, two hair salons. You're working two hair salons at once? Yeah. Oh. So I was like leaving one, starting the other. Oh, okay. And at the same time was applying to work at the casino. Okay. So a lot going on in your life. I was working like, yeah, it was a lot. So I remember when you're working in a salon, you know, like once you put in your two weeks, it's kind of like that is your last day. They don't want you taking clients, whatever. No, yeah. So I put my two weeks in. She told me to pack my stuff like I was done. I was like, yeah. okay. This was at your two-week mark, though. Yeah. Okay. No, this was the day that I put my two weeks in. Oh. Yeah. So I went home. He was home. And I was like, well, your girl's down to one job and possibly another because I was starting the casino. Mm-hmm. So I was like, your girl's down to two jobs. You know, once I started the casino, I'll get rid of the other one. And he's like, oh, so you got fired today? And I was like, no, I put my two weeks in. And she just told me I couldn't finish out my two weeks. He's like, well, I'm going to put you to work then. Like, get on the lawnmower. So, like, I couldn't even enjoy my day off. Girl. From two jobs. So, Because I got, quote, unquote, fired. Was was this, like, we're talking about the initial. This was the first, like, what the heck? Like, if you if he would have came home and been like, yeah, I put my two weeks in, but they told me, you know, to pack my stuff and go, I'd have been like, well, like, let's enjoy the day. Like, what are we going to do? Let's have some fun. Like, it's, Well, right. I mean, that's what a normal human being would do. Right. Not, so that. Not punish. Literally. Yeah. It be was like, literally well, a punishment. Like, you're his child. Yeah. Basically. In yeah. that moment. Yeah. Like, you and, got bad grades and you came home. And you know what my dumbass did, Rachel? You got on that fucking I got on lawnmower. that fucking lawnmower. Okay, that's the first one. Second red flag, okay? I suffer from headaches. At the time, it was migraine headaches. Doesn't every woman, though? Come but, on now. Okay, but it's, I figured out the cause. Well, right. Estrogen. Him. No, I'm no. Just <laughs> yes. Yes, him. But no, so like my body doesn't process excess estrogen. So it was literally my birth control pills making me have like four to five migraines a week. Bruh. Yeah. So I found that out. Switch birth controls was good. But in that time frame when I didn't know what was going on, this one Saturday morning in particular, woke up with a no it was a sunday woke up with a massive headache and as the day went on it kept getting worse well we had dinner at his parents house we did i didn't feel good they could tell something was up right 
and we Wait, you guys home. both had dinner at his parents. Yeah, you Sunday said. Okay. nights it was traditional for us to like have dinner Sunday night dinner with his parents. Okay, so it was normal. Yeah, and I liked that quality time with his family. Like oh my we God, all got yeah. along great. His family was wonderful. Yeah, and um, so we got home, and he had purchased like some plants that like needed to get in the ground, or they were gonna like go bad. Right. And so he's like, well, we got to get these plants in the ground. I was like, listen, I will help you as much as I can, but, like, I don't feel good. Like, my head is pounding. It's getting into the point of, like, a migraine. The Tylenol that I took isn't working. I can't take any more. Like, I'll just do what I can. And mind you, it's summer. So not only am I suffering from a headache. It's It's hot hot. balls. Yeah. I'm doing physical manual labor of, like, bending over, putting plants in the ground. And every time I bent over, like, the pressure would get worse in my head. Duh. Yeah. So it's like, hey, I'm going to go in. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to lay down. Like, I got most of them in. Like, you're kind of on your own at this point. Like, sorry. And he's like, no, it's fine. Like, just do what you need to do. So go and take a shower. Literally collapse on the freaking shower floor, like, in excruciating pain, crying. And I was like, maybe if I just lay down. So I lay down for, like, a half hour. Wouldn't get worse. So I get up, and I go outside, and he's out there planting plants. And I was like, hey, like, this is getting worse. Like, it's actually concerning me at this point, like, that it's not getting better. And I've done everything. Like, can you take me to the emergency room? I just need some type of relief. He's like, I am not taking you to the emergency room. It's like 7 or 8 o'clock at night. It's going to be like four hours in there. I have to work in the morning. I'm not taking you in. So I called my little brother. I was like, hey, if I come up to the house, if I drive to you, can you drive me the rest of the way? He's like, yeah, bet. So I drive to my parents' house, your childhood home, from my house. They're like literally up the road. Yeah. So I drove up there. My brother gets in the car. We go to the emergency room in Standish. And... Like, my mom comes up there. My dad comes up there. They're livid. They're like... They're like, where the fuck is your husband? Yeah. Well, we weren't married at this point. I mean, But they're like, whatever. your boyfriend, potential fiance. Like, we have been talking about engagement for, like, a long time at this point. So, like, you know, your significant other. Like, if you're having a health crisis... At least act like you fucking have empathy and care about me. No. <laughs> Just go on your merry way. Bruh. Yeah. So, I got... So, he was... Wait, wait, wait. He was still home at this time. Yes. He was probably taking a snooze. I'm the fucking bro. Listen, okay. So, go there. They dope me up. I feel way better, right? You're like, I'm great. Yeah. So, but they gave me like a a Benadryl, like IV. So, like that stuff. Like, oh my god, I was so high. My mom's like, stop fighting it. You just need to go to bed. I'm like, I don't like this feeling. I don't like this feeling. She's like, you need to feel this feeling. Like, just go to go to sleep. Yeah. Like, let the IV run. So your your mom was there. Your dad was there. Your brother was there. Yes. Well, after they got me like situated and all that stuff, like brother and dad went home so it was just my mom and I and so my mom's like once your IV is done I'm gonna drive you home when I get to your house your dad will come and pick me up that way your car is there so I get home and like mind you I had already showered I am doped up on good meds I'm feeling so much better and I'm drowsy like super super drowsy from all the meds right so I'm like I'm going straight to bed yeah do not pass go do not collect $200 bed yeah so I get in bed and he like rolls over he was asleep, okay? So I get home, and he's like, I roll over. He rolls over and, like, starts cuddling with me and, like, trying to make a move. And I'm like, bro. What? You literally let me go to the emergency room by myself because I felt like absolute death. And now you're going to try to make a pass? He wants to put his wiener inside of you. Yes. And you're and like. I literally shoved him off me and, like, elbowed him. And I was like, no. I'm like, I am fucking pissed at you. That is not happening tonight, nor is it happening anytime in the foreseeable future. So, like, go the fuck to sleep and leave me alone. Literally. Do not touch me. That was, like, the big red flag. And 
how completely did he, ignored it. I was going to say, how did he react to you saying that to he him? He got huffy. He got huffy and like, oh, fine, be that way. And like rolled over and went to bed. Like oh, back turn, back turns, backs turned yeah. to each other, like, like not touching. Pouting like a fucking two year old. between us. Yes. After you just went through a health crisis. Now, mind you. He went to the fucking. I literally can't. Prior to this, he was in the emergency room because he had like an abscess and like his throat was getting like closed. He was having a hard time breathing. Like, oh, well, fucking drive yourself. And I was there with him. Well, of course you were. You know, Miss Doting, caring, loving heart. I love you. Let me be there for you. Let me nurse you back to health. But when of, it comes like, to you and your yeah, care and mm, your love, like. Sit on a stick, bitch. You're on your own. <laughs> like, that's how it was. It was one-sided. Bro. Everything was one-sided. Like, as time progressed, I went to his family's funeral by myself. Like, his great aunt had passed away. I went by myself. And my caretaker at the time because I was, like, during my car accident stuff. And so I went to a funeral by myself. I can't tell you how many countless birthday parties I went to for his side of the family by myself. But, like, when my family had family reunions, like, it's a big deal because I have family out of state in, like, multiple states. So they would drive up here for a family reunion. I'd go, and they'd be like, well, where's your husband? I'd be like, he chose to stay home and mow the lawn. And they're like, the fuck? Oh, yeah. So, like, that's just, like, how it was. So those were the two. Like, this was at the three-year mark. You guys weren't engaged yeah, yet. no. Okay. Those were the two big eye-opening moments. Okay. So after that, like, I guess, were you kind of, like, on pins and needles after that? Were you kind of like, hmm, I'm going to watch what he does? Or were you kind of like, you know what? Maybe he was just having a bad day. I thought it was just, like, a one-off. Okay. So in my mind, somewhere along the way, I justified it for the sake of feeling loved by another person. I classified that as good enough for myself. Which is so disgusting. Like looking back, looking back, like looking back at it now, I can say that. But in that moment, I wasn't thinking that. Right. I was thinking like, you know, yeah. he had a bad day. He was tired. Yeah, he had to work. Like I justified it and made every excuse in the book for that type of behavior. Then looking back now, as I've had time to process and think through things and like evaluate and all of it, too, yeah, I look back and I think like, for the sake of feeling quote unquote loved and wanting to love and be loved by somebody else that I allowed that toxic negative behavior to be okay. I justified it for years. Yeah. It's just like so sad. Yeah, it is when you think about it. And like, I think the craziest part is that like, I watch a lot of, of course, TikTok. We love TikTok. I watch a lot of TikTok videos where they're like, um, basically they are saying that like, oh, well men do anything and everything to like for the woman and men should be allowed to do anything and everything and blah, 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 blah. And it's like men don't understand to the extent of how much a woman loves you that she will put her own self on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did to justify your actions and yeah. make you look good. Yep years i lived that life like that is just like and also too what the crazy part is is that you felt like that was what you deserved like in that moment yeah you were like this is as good as it's gonna as, get exactly this is as good as it can get this is as good as i can get yes yeah. and looking back now after everything that's happened and like all of that 
obviously your life is a lot different now, which oh, we'll kind of, yeah. we'll talk about later on. But like, I think it's, it's very humbling too, because yeah. you're like, you recognize. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to process too, is like, as you go through your healing journey after something so toxic, which we even even, even reached like the no, climax this is nothing. of this. Girl, this is nothing. So like after going through that and then you do your self-evaluation and your reflection and all your healing inner work. And you look back and like, you're like, damn girl, why, why did you think that that was okay? And like, you have to ask yourself those hard questions because like one, you deserve an answer. Well, and you allowed yourself to go through that. Yeah. And like, that's a hard thing to like swallow. Like, Uh, yeah, I subjected myself to this. And a lot of people are like, poor me, I did this, or, you know, he did this and he did that and he blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, you also have to take that self-reflection and say, I allowed myself. But I understand some people's situations. I get it. I 150,000% some situations. But I'm saying now that we are healed and we've moved past that, Mm -hmm. like, it's crazy looking at it and being like, I allowed myself to put like to be in that situation yeah. and thought that that was what I deserved. But when you're in that situation, you it's feel so, so hopeless. Yes. You feel so isolated because part of being like a victim of a narcissist or mental or abuse, a traumatic, yeah, any, yeah. any type of abuse, mental abuse, physical, emotional, financial, they're all forms of abuse. But yeah. when you go through that, your mindset in those moments of living through that is like, you feel so hopeless. It's so empty. It's so dark. You don't know how to climb out of this hole that you've gotten yourself into. Yeah. And they've also done the work of isolating you from your support system. And let's, let's talk about that because I feel like a lot of people don't, not to cut you off, You're but good. I want to talk about that specific like thing because I feel like a lot of women feel that way Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that you mentioned that because we don't talk about the isolation period yeah with abuse it's a lot of people think that it's just you're being abused you should you know that you're being abused and you know you're taken care of no and like you should just leave and it's not that easy it isn't and a lot of people from the outside think that but people that have actually went through an abusive relationship will understand yeah. the isolation yeah, period it's that happens. Hard. There comes a point where like it takes I read a statistic. Mm-hmm. It takes the average abused person, whether male or female, up to I think it was seven times of leaving before they'll actually leave. So they'll try seven times before they actually get out. And I read that statistic and I was like, I fucking refuse. I refuse to be a part of that statistic. Yeah. It took me twice to finally leave and be done. But like you were talking about like the isolation and feeling alone, like that's part of their MO. Like that's their game plan because if you're their source of power, right? So they break you down by verbal abuse, calling you names, saying you're never going to be good enough or I hate the way you do this or I hate this, that about you. And then that belittles your Mm self-esteem so they chip away at that self-esteem until there's literally just the shell left and you're left with just this shell of you you don't know who you are anymore because the qualities that you brought into that relationship that they once loved about you or cared about or like appreciated are now 
the a things that they don't like about you. Yeah. So all of the staples that you pride yourself on are now the very things that they dislike and hate about you. So and you pick, pick at. So you completely change yourself yeah. for that person, but mm-hmm. you turn into this person that you can't even recognize. Yes. So you have like this identity crisis. Yes. Because you want so badly to be loved by this person because what they do, it's like a, it's like a tug of war. So they'll give a little bit, right? Tom and Jerry. They'll give a little bit. Yeah. Just to make you feel good enough for that moment. And then 20 to 30 seconds later, they could rip it away. So it's like this high and low roller coaster of emotions that they're supplying you with. And you have no regulation. Like there's no self-regulation in that moment because you're so attached to that like toxic behavior that like when you get that good moment, you're like, oh, I want more. And then they take it away and you're like shit this sucks and you're back into your low again and then that's when you start trying to talk to someone about it and then Mm -hmm. they're like honestly at this point i don't want to hear anymore about it but the thing is too the people that you're talking about do they know him because one they're two-sided they're one way in public and they're another behind closed doors yeah so they put on that you know great person you're talking about like him like um acting that way yeah yeah they put on like this, this public like such a trigger. For they me. put on this public presence to make themselves look good. They'll compliment you in front of other people. They'll gas gas you up in front of your other people, right? To, to like yeah. so they look good. They look like they're this, you know, great boyfriend or fiance or whoever it is. And then like you get in the car to leave and they nitpick everything. Well, you, I just don't understand why we have to stay there so long. I don't understand why this has to be like that. Right. Like, why were you talking with that person? I don't like them. You know, just. I told you I never even wanted to come here. Why are you drinking? Like, why are you having a beer with everybody? Stop like, dancing on the dance floor. You that's need embarrassing. To put, that's like almost alcoholism. Like, they nitpick everything. But it's perfectly fine for them to have, you know, like half a fucking bottle of vodka when we get home. oh yeah easily yeah but you have one drink socially oh, oh, oh it's the worst thing and in you're the world. drunk you're literally yeah. an alcoholic and you're drunk yep yeah you get so loud and annoying when you're drinking they'll find anything to pick you out like just yeah. to pick about you yeah i think i already know that this is going to be like an emotional episode for me just because it's such it's it I, resonates i have never felt understood by another human being yeah and everything that you are saying is like identical to my ex because you know what there's some fucking book out there that they all read from this shit when i'm telling you you meet one narcissist you know them all you know them all and then you meet one or you live through one and you're like, mm-hmm, what? No, like that's one narcissistic first behavior. Yeah. Literally, I'm out. He could literally be like, I don't like your shirt. I'm like, you're a fucking narcissist. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Not let's, really. Let's but talk like... about that. I mean, because girl, if you're like that, you need to no, do I'm some just healing. Kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, honestly, at this point, like I, I mean, I notice more yeah, red you're flags. More, you're more aware. Yeah. You're more, you're hyper aware sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I f- but I also feel like too, the scary part is, is even if someone does something, I'm like, is that, like, are they a narcissist? Like, are they manipulating me right now? Like, what's their alter- alter- alternative motive? Yes. What is their alternative motive? And I feel like that is just, you know, that is something I obviously have to work on, like, for sure. It's a thing that, like, I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. And, you're, I mean, what, it's years later? Yeah. 
I mean, I think that there just comes a point where like you have to like self check yourself. Like you have to be like, "Mm, no, not everybody is of that caliber. Yeah. Not everybody's a bad person. Maybe they're being genuine. But it's crazy on how common it is nowadays, though, (sighs) especially with people our age. I feel like, I mean, with just men in general, but like. But like when researching narcissism, like there's things that happen in their childhood that create them. Yeah. But think about how common narcissists are. But, like, that speaks volumes to, like, what type of parents raised us. Thank you. This generation. Thank you. And then we're trying to fucking heal. Emotionally unavailable parents because they're trying to put their bread on the table and, like, care for, like, Mm -hmm. financial burdens of the household. Yeah. Like, so, like, they weren't always like, oh, come here. Like, you bumped your knee. Like, no. My mom was like, put some fucking dirt in it. Literally. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Abandonment issues. Yeah. So, okay. Abandonment issues. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, why empaths like you and i mm-hmm. get targeted by narcissists because like they don't have empathy they None. under they Zero. understand it they mimic it they, they don't understand it they mimic empathy to a certain extent yes. when they need to only when it benefits them thank you only when it benefits them they don't know how to truly be empathetic no, no. and show a natural emotions with a another human being no Not which is all. like imagine like, literally imagine talking to someone and you're like, I literally, like, lost my grandma and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, you're literally going to be fine. I can't even fathom imagining it because I'm not that person. So I can't even – I I can't. No, I couldn't imagine it either. But I'm just I, saying, If like, you came to me and were like, I lost my grandma, I'd be crying right mm-hmm. along with you because I'd be thinking, oh, my God, my grandma. Yeah. Or yeah. thinking back to a time when I lost a loved one. But they don't have the mental capability. No. To be able mm-hmm. to even understand or unlock. No. The, I do. I will say this, though. There is a guy on TikTok that he is a recovering yes, narcissist. Yes. I and know I, you're talking about. I do like him because he sees it now from both perspectives. And, and he's, he, trying he's trying to be better. He's trying to be better about it. You know? But as a, like, being with a narcissist, I think that that is the most, it is the most, like, life-changing thing that Mm -hmm. any human being Mm -hmm. will go through and i'm not just saying women i'm saying women are narcissists too Mm -hmm. men are narcissists also right both of us like it is the most life-changing thing that will ever happen to you and how you perceive others is so different after going through you're just hyper cautious you don't know what you're getting yourself into you're like "Mm, is this person being genuine is this person lying is it like are they doing this for yeah Yeah. for a reason like am i overanalyzing the situation like there's so many thoughts that go through that specific thing and i think you know so after so i guess okay so how did he implement those um isolating things like what were things that you noticed now looking back on that you remember well, like, of how he isolated okay, you. Okay, so I originally, we met, we didn't meet, but we went to college school together, right? Yeah. Like, you knew me back then before yeah. I started dating him. Yeah. And, like, you knew my passion for that, right? Like, oh you God, could yeah. tell. I mean, I taught you how to do haircuts and. Oh, all that fun stuff. All the good stuff, yeah. right? Like, I loved it. And, I mean, I still do now to an extent, but not as much as what I did back then. Yeah. And part of it was because it was him you're never going to make enough money. Like we can't support our family. We can't do this. Like if you stay doing this, like you need a higher paying job. Like I'm working here and I'm making this amount and it's not good enough. Like you need a different job. And it like, it was one job after another. 
So this is what I can say. He would constantly set a bar for me to achieve. I would achieve it because I am a determined motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And so I would achieve the bar that he set. And then the next higher one would get like put up. So whatever bar I achieved that he set in place was never good enough because there was always another one above it and another one above it and another one above it. So I felt like I was constantly chasing something to appease him. And none of it was ever good enough. Like, I remember one time during during the first time I filed for divorce. So I filed twice, actually. Damn. So the first time I filed, we were bickering, arguing, whatever. And he said something to me. And it still stands out to my mind. And I threw it back in his face later on. But he said to me, I, I can't wait until this is done and over with so I can have somebody new and better. And, like, why? Okay, for my instance, why would that be a, like, why would that be a thought in anyone's head going through a divorce? Not, oh, my God, like, I don't want to lose you. Like, you would think that that would be, like, the first thing yeah. that someone would say. I mean, I'm your wife. And I was a damn good wife. I will toot my own horn on that. I was a damn good wife. Like, dinner cooked every day when he got home, like, ready to go. Didn't have to wait for dinner. Fuck that. Um, would wake up in the morning, pack his lunch. So he would have a lunch to go to work while he was getting ready in the shower. I would be out packing his lunch. Putting his keys, hat, to boots. someone that did not deserve yeah. that amount of treatment. Right. Like, guys at like, I feel like that is something that a lot of men ask for in yeah, a relationship. Yeah, and they would love and appreciate it, right? And they would love and appreciate mm -hmm. it. But what's sad is that a lot of women, they go through relationships like this. And then for me personally, I would never want to fucking pack a lunch ever in my life again. And I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Obviously, it's different when you're actually truly loved and all of that fun stuff. But I feel like things that you did with your ex, mm -hmm. you don't ever want to do again, from no. my opinion. No. So I will do them again for the right person. Yeah. Um, there's things that I call boyfriend privileges, and there are things that I call husband pri privileges. We love boundaries. So will I ever pack a lunch for a boyfriend? No. She said, fuck that shit. So. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I'm not going to pack your lunch, but, like, if I make dinner and there's plenty enough leftovers, like, you yeah. bet your butt you can take some home. Yeah, of I'm course. not going to eat it all. Take right. it for lunch in the morning. Go for it. But will I go out of my way to, like, pack you a lunch? No. No. Mm -mm. No. Nope. I love that. I mean, I'll go out of my way to bake cookies, but, again, let's something that, like, it's not just for you. I'm going to eat some of them cookies myself. Right. And I love baking. So, like, yeah. But, like, packing lunches, doing laundry. Um, like Doing, like, wifely Yeah, duties. I am not going to give out the wife in me to somebody who is not my husband. Mm -hmm. It's a boundary. Yeah. It's a hard boundary. There ain't no move in that one. Yeah. I need to work on that. <laughs> because that's the thing, too, is, like, okay, so we were living together before we were married. Then we were engaged. And then we were a wife. And husband and wife. Well, during all three of those stages, he was getting husband privileges. Like, when we moved in together, I did all the house stuff. Anything in the house, I dealt with it. So this is before you guys got married? Yeah. Uh, that's when I started packing lunches and doing all the household chores. Dishes, cooking, cleaning. So he said, this shit cleaning. is nice. Yes. So I'm going to wipe this shit up yes. and do this the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And treat her like shit. Apparently. So um, after the isolation period, mm -hmm. what did you notice... So you felt very isolated. Yeah. And then the second step for a narcissist, what would you say would be? Hmm. I don't 
if there's like steps to it. No steps. I mean, each one implements their strategy different. Right. You know what I mean? So um, the first one, his strategy was isolation. Belittlement and isolation. Okay. Like coinciding together. Together. Mm-hmm. And then after that, what did you notice? That you can remember. I would say like. Is that when the actual abuse, like, I mean, that's abuse too, obviously, yeah. isolation. But like, is that when verbal abuse came to play? No, that was after married. So the isolation period was before you were married. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You guys get married. Mm-hmm. We're not even going to talk about the wedding <laughs> because that's a long ass Threw story. Threw it together in a weekend. Yeah. That is a long ass story. Yeah. So wedding, we're just going to say wedding. Wedding happened. Fucking horrible. The worst. From what I, what Carissa told me. The wedding is fucking horrible. I wouldn't say horrible. There were Girl. horrible moments. Girl. There were things I'm fond of, you know, like I still have things that I'm like happy about that happened. Um, like it wasn't totally horrible, but it wasn't my dream ideal wedding. Right. Right. It was definitely like thrown together last minute. Literally last minute. Yeah. So after the wedding, mm-hmm. how was the wedding night? Oh, okay. Wedding night? Mm-hmm. Girl, he went to bed fully clothed in the clothes that he wore on our wedding day. I literally took his shoes off and he went to bed. Like, I didn't no get No consummating him. the marriage. I had to get him in the house. Like, he was so drunk off his ass. Oh, so he was, he was drinking. Oh, drunk. Completely Did you guys have, like, a party so, after or how did that happen? Like, so, like, we got married and it was very small. Like, right. all 12 people, including, like, officiant and ourselves. Oh, wow. Little. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I had people pissed off about me for doing it that way, but like, who cares, bro? It's mine, not yours. Right. You're gonna have another one anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> nah, hopefully, eventually, <laughs> we'll do it right this right, time. Right, exactly. Um, that was just a trial. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trial to tell her absolutely fucking not. Trial right and uh, big error, literally. <laughs> literally. So, um, it was like we had like chicken wings, we had a cake, um, right. small finger foods, like everybody like hung out a little bit but there was no dancing there was no like bouquet toss there was no walking down an aisle none of the traditional things so he was literally just like was do you think he was drinking prior to the wedding oh yeah he was before we actually got married like we showed up got everything like situated or whatever and he was already drinking would you consider him an alcoholic yes okay yes 100 percent. okay but obviously you could not tell him that to his face oh because it would have been it was arguments all the time all the time I'm we had arguments not. about that. So, okay. He said he would say things like, I'm not an alcoholic. I still go to work. It doesn't affect my job. Oh, okay. But it affects our relationship. So it affects other parts of your life. So So you guys didn't consummate the marriage. Nope. Um, he was very, very drunk, very oh, yeah. intoxicated. Yeah. Um and so the next morning, how was it? Was it awkward? I don't really remember. Okay. So really don't remember. Kind of like just life is normal. Okay. Like she just woke up and you're like, nothing is literally changed. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start to notice the actual like verbal abuse? Okay, so we were only married for six months before my car accident happened. So oh wait, I forgot about that. Yeah. So disclaimer, another trigger point. Um, if you guys this does involve car accidents, so if you guys do not want to hear about this, click off your hair. Okay. So like six months into our marriage, I was in a head-on car accident, like hit at like 55 miles an hour head-on. Um, 
Six months into your marriage. Into our marriage, okay. yes. So at that point, I'm in the hospital for a week, had like a surgery in hospital, like extensive surgery, like surgery on my ankle, surgery on my shoulder, like at the same time. Was not able to walk. Um, I had a wheelchair and I did have a walker, but like with a collarbone injury, like you and using put pressure on that. Yeah. It hurt. It was excruciating pain. Even with the pain meds, I could still feel it. Yeah. So, um, in the hospital for a week and then I got moved to like an inpatient rehab facility to learn how to do things for myself, like dress myself, shower myself. Um, I had to safely learn how to maneuver up and down stairs with crutches, um, work on like strength training, some of this, the areas that I could still use and keep them mobile. Because I was practically wheelchair-bound for 15 weeks after that. Oh, my God. So he was the one. He was the only sole. He was the sole provider. Well, okay. Technically, yes, he was still going to work. But because of the extent of the car accident and the insurance and stuff that we had, they had, like, a wage loss program. So I was still getting paid for my lost wages. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So, like, technically, I was still bringing in an income. We didn't lose out on any money. Okay. So that was good. Yeah. So. But he would throw that in my face. mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the car accident happens. Yep. How did he react to that car accident? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember everything. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, this is vivid memories. So um, so he was all about, like, a lawsuit from the beginning about, like, getting paid for my injuries. Well, it, like, got to the point where, like, I finally had come home. And it was always about the lawsuit. Like, well, what are when we get the money, this is what we can do. We can pay this. We can buy that. Like, just talking, like all of this stuff we hadn't even gotten anything like we don't even know if that's a viable thing to happen and he was talking about how to spend it and so like here I am in like peak of my recovery trying to like focus on my health and my mental health and mind you like going through all that like I had to quit my job so I wasn't working able to work everything that I was able to do for myself and for our life was taken away abruptly so like and he's sitting here talking about money and so not only was I like battling depression before that, like this like don't nose dive complete into depression. So like they upped my medication, like so I'm like So you were a zombie. Yeah. Basically at mm-hmm. this point. But you obviously still have memory yeah. of the situation. Yeah, but like you know, like those diso- people talk about like dissociation. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like that. Like I was living my life, but I wasn't living my life. Yeah. So I mean, at this point, like the like Two days after I came home, like, our cat, we had to put to sleep because he was, like, not doing well. So, like, put that cat to sleep. Then I take – we get to take the other cat to vet eventually because he's, like, acting weird. And they tell me he needs, like, a $3,000 surgery and a quiet, peaceful, consistent environment to heal in. And you're, like – I'm, like, I can't provide that, so what do we do? (laughs) Um, next – so I ended up surrendering him and I've never, like, it was like a hard thing to do. Like, yeah. I love this cat. Had him yeah. since a kitten, like nurse him back to health. Yeah. This poor little dude. But like my life at that time was so inconsistent. Yeah. And it wasn't like peaceful. Yeah. I had caregivers coming in to help me, um, like go to the bathroom, cook, clean, take care of like dressings, medication. Did he help with any of that? Mm. So in rehab, actually, it was the day I was supposed to get, I was finally able to shower. I can't tell you how glorious it felt to finally shower. So I finally got the approval from the doctors to take a shower. So they come in and they're like, all right, well, tomorrow is shower day. Like it is a big day. I'm like, okay, well, like, what do I do? Like, what do I need? They're like, well, you can either have like our, um, occupational therapist come in and help you or, you know, significant other. significant other. And I obviously would elect my significant other. I don't want some stranger showering me. Right. Like what? But at this point. I would have said, so, fuck that shit. <laughs> so I would call him and I was like, hey, like, 
tomorrow is shower day. day. Like, you want to help me? And like, mind you, like, I mean, we're grown adults. Like, we've showered together before. Oh, well, duh. You know, whatever. Like, it was, at this point, you guys are married, so right. it doesn't so I'm matter. Like, it would be comfortable, more comfortable, to have him shower me than a complete stranger. Yeah. So he's like, um, I was up there all day today. Like, what time is shower day? And I'm like, well, he's like, well, what time is it? And I'm like, well, I think like she's going to be in my room at like 6 a.m. He's like, so that means I need to be like waking up at like 4 35 o'clock to leave here to be there by six. Like it's an inconvenience for him. I'm like, yeah. Are you kidding? Just have them do it. It's their job. And I'm like, I don't want to feel that uncomfortable having a grown adult woman shower me that I don't know. He didn't end up doing it. I ended up having the PT or the OT help me and shower. Are you fucking surprised? No, but like you always have that kind of hope that like maybe the one potential day of the person, one day you'll pull your head out of your butt and recognize what you have. Never. No, never. So we just went through a lot of shit in that like initial like honeymoon yeah. marriage phase. Yeah. So I remember this one time I was in my wheelchair in my room sitting in front of like my dressing table, like my vanity and yeah. He took a Snapchat of me. Now, mind you, I'm, like, looking rough. I only get to shower, like, every couple days because it's – I got to tape my leg off. I got to tape this off. I got to make sure nothing gets in there. I can't stand in the shower. I'm sitting the entire time doing it. My one collarbone hurts, so I can't lift my hand over my head, so I'm trying to shampoo with just one arm. It was a whole feat, right, because he doesn't help me. He helps me get into the shower and then leaves me alone helps me to get out of the shower. Which is literally bare minimum. Yes. Like bare yes. bucket minimum. So at this point, like I was looking rough, little grease ball sitting in my little vanity chair and we were having a talk. I don't remember what we were talking about, but he snaps a picture of me, captions it. I don't know who else he sent it to, but I know he sent it to me because I saw it. I think somewhere on my phone or computer it's saved. And I'm looking crazy. And the caption on this picture is... um physically healthy check mentally stable questionable like i just knowing full well the extent of everything that i've gone through like with my depression nosedive crying crying so hard i fucking puke yeah and like these are the the audacity but like and the thing is is like in your vows in sickness and in health and like that was definitely in an in sickness moment and if the roles were reversed, like if he was the one in the wheelchair and the one incapable of taking care of himself, like imagine, like, I would have gone above and beyond for yeah. everything. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Never held any of it over his head. Never. And like that's what happened. Like all of it got held over my head. Like well, nothing. I did all of this for yes, you. And yes, yes. You didn't do goddamn shit for me. Okay. At this point, I could have hired a fucking side piece. And like. It's just, it's so fucked up. All of it. Just yeah. so fucked up. And so, so like, that is when the actual like verbal when, abuse yeah, like yeah. started. Because at that point, um, like we were in a wheelchair. I was still in a wheelchair and we were arguing over something. I'm like, I just can't keep doing this with you. Like, I love you, but this, whatever this is going on, like it's got to stop. Like, I can't keep doing it. Like, I'm literally exhausted. Like physically, I'm exhausted. Emotionally, mentally, I'm just tapped out. And... He was like, well, you know, I just wish you were better. I wish you weren't in a wheelchair because I would divorce you right now. <gasps> if I did it now while well, you're like this, my parents would disown me and I would never get my inheritance. 
that so was it's about money that was my wake Again. up moment that was my wake up moment that's the moment where i was like oh, okay no you're like um yeah, don't want to do this rest of my life yeah so so at that point like i was getting better i was going to physical therapy um i finally was able to drive myself to physical therapy and like so he would drive you there no because oh. he was working like he had gone back to work so i through like the insurance like they had drivers that would come pick me up oh. take me to therapy and then take me back home oh perfect so that's and i didn't like that like after being in a car accident where oh. i was the driver like that was super nerve-wracking for yeah. me to like entrust my life with somebody else when like i almost ended my life in unintentionally right in a car accident like right. to trust somebody else some stranger that i don't know like granted they're working for a driving company so like you got to be good at your job like right. you have to have a clean driving record but you it's still you just never know yeah it's just unnerving well and it's ptsd too yeah every time you climb mm -hmm. in a vehicle it doesn't matter so i was finally able to drive myself to and from physical therapy and he was pissed about the physical therapy place that i picked but i intentionally why would he be mad because it was so far away it was in saginaw bro literally by SBSU. What? On Bay Road. So you don't yeah. even have to go into Saginaw. No, but here's the thing. You want to know the reason I picked that therapy place? Because that therapy place, I had to go through the car accident intersection every time I went to and from there. It was like a, I intentionally picked it to like force myself to go through it every day yeah. because I knew that like the first couple times would be a trigger. Yeah. And so I was like, no, we are not going to deal with this. Like we're going to do it and we're just going to, you're just going to do it. Yeah. So like, that's why I picked that one. I didn't pick one in Pinconning or Standish. Like first off, like, yeah, it could have been more convenient, but you and I both know the quality of care that you're going to get in a small town versus uh, a large city town, like a large city. Yeah. Vastly different. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like I picked one in a city. I didn't pick fucking like Detroit or anything. I picked fucking Saginaw. I'm not like, it's like 40 minutes, bro. And I drive fast, so it could be like 35. It doesn't matter the amount of time. And for him to get upset that it was in, like, even that it was fucking down the road. It doesn't matter. Bro, we were getting reimbursed for our mileage through the insurance company. Yeah. Well, so. So Jesus I was finally Christ. able to be better. I was better, oh right? God. I still wasn't working yet. So I was just going to physical therapy full time. I still hadn't gotten doctor's clearance because, like, with my job, I had to be able to lift, like, heavy amounts of stuff right and i couldn't i didn't have balance i had to re relearn how to walk like get muscle strength back so after surgeries were done like after everything was done like yep. hardcore hit physical therapy i would come home i would do more physical therapy yeah i got a gym membership i was doing physical therapy on my own days outside of physical therapy and lost a ton of weight like ton of weight and he would say things like, well, now that you're all hot and you're all this and that and you think you're good looking, like, now you're just going to leave me for, like, some, like, muscle head at the gym. You're like, I should have, honestly. I'm like, point. I'm not doing this for, like, the fucking sake of doing this to, like, look hot for nobody. Because he was insecure. It was an insecurity in Yeah, him. but, like, I wasn't doing it to, like, fucking look well, hot. Like, was that a benefit? That. Yeah. But, but I needed to learn to fucking walk again, you idiot. Yeah, like, he's literally dumb. He's literally dumb. So he would say shit like that. And then, like, it had just gotten to a point where, like, it was just. So that basically made you doubt yourself. That also isolated you even yeah, more because yeah. you're like, I'm going to the gym. I look good, but yet you're still going to, you're going to tell me right. I'm going to leave Instead you. Instead of saying like, damn girl. Like, I can't wait to hit that. I know like, you're looking fine. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Like, 
No, he literally threw it back in your face yeah. because you, he was insecure with his own. And like, I tried self. to get him to go to the gym with me and he did a couple times and like, I worked out hard and I damn near killed him. Like he almost passed well, out a yeah. couple times. Yeah. I mean, he deserved to pass out. So like, I literally remember one time he was in the gym with me and I had to lay him down on the fucking floor <laughs> and lift his legs up. You're like, honey, you did five burpees. Like, come on now. <laughs> Not even. We were working on like the arm machine that like this, this. And what's crazy is if you were to treat him the way that he treated you. Oh, God. <laughs> that man would have had, I feel like he still wouldn't even, he would still not even have a rude awakening. Like. He hasn't. <laughs> he literally hasn't. So. <laughs> so that was like when the. when the That verb- was like the verbal abuse. Okay. So. Okay, you guys. I've heard a lot of shit that Carissa has told me about the verbal abuse from this man and what is like the most disgusting part is that these people are so insecure with themselves and they're so insecure but yet they put themselves on a pedestal Mm -hmm. that no one will be better than them ever one ever they put themselves on this pedestal like they're the hottest shit. Mm-hmm. They and like nine times out of ten, they're not. They're the fucking wor- like literally. I'm like my ex, like looking at him, like li- you look back and you girl, look at yourself and you're like, why, girl, not attractive by and like I look at myself, but I'm you like, convince yourself because of that attitude, girl. But what's really crazy is I, I want to know how it took him like it took him five years to take off his mask because first off i am a very strong personality person so i wasn't just some like tiny little quiet sheepish girl like he thought that was gonna like quickly break down you know what i mean Mm. like his ex before him or his ex before me i know what you mean yeah so like i am very strong-willed strong outspoken like Say what I got to say, whatever. And so it took him longer to take off his mask because, like, the game was a long game. It wasn't a short game. It was a long game with him. Bro. Yeah. My ex, it took about a year and a half. I wish it fucking took a year and a half. It would have saved me so much. Yeah. And obviously, I never got married (laughs) like that. But my ex took me about a year, about like a year, year and a half. Obviously, I noticed little things. Yeah, but you write them off, right? But... At that point, I was like, he's just so dreamy. Like, mm-hmm. he'll take care of me. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine, you know? Like, I pictured this life with this person. And, like, what what's really crazy is, like, thinking back to who he was as a person. I'm just like, why did I ever allow myself to be attracted to that type of per- like? But you're not technically attracted to that person. You're attracted to your... I'm attracted to the... uh, Okay, let me say this. I've realized that I'm attracted to the chaos Mm -hmm. because I never had an emotionally... um, Emotionally... What is it called? Stable. Stable parent. So it was always up, down, up, down, up, down. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, so you thrive in that environment. I thrive Mm -hmm. in that environment. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to fix him. I was the fixer. Ah, I was too. The fixer and the empath. So of course we get... One, taken advantage of. Two, like, we're very strong-willed people, so, you know. But I I will say this. When I get in a relationship that I truly, like, genuinely love that person, I 
blindside my whole entire yeah. life and I just involve myself. You in can't. Like, you can't. No. Well, right now. Now I know that. Um, I definitely. Because that's the isolation. Yeah. And. They want that. It's crazy because like now that I'm healed and even going through like my past, my child's father, like going through that relationship, I did bring like, I feel like to an extent when you are with a narcissist, you pick up narcissistic qualities. Yeah. And so I had to unlearn. It's like narcissism by proxy. Yes. I had to unlearn these narcissistic Mm -hmm. traits that Mm -hmm. I inherited from my ex previous to him. And it took me so long and I've been in therapy for eight months, Mm -hmm. like, which is to me, that's a long time. Yeah. When you're, when you were going once a week and then, you know, twice a month after that, like you're going four times a month and then down to two times a month. And now I'm going once a month, Mm -hmm. but also too, I'm a very openly aware person. So I know that those are things that I have to work on. But when you're in a relationship like that, like, I told, um, I, I can say his name because he's my ex. I don't care. But I told Lamont, my child's father, that like, I said, you will never understand what I went through. Never understand no. what I went through. And I said, I don't expect you to understand what I went through. I said, but just know that I would never allow myself to go back to that situation mm-hmm. ever again. No, because you fought so hard to get out of it. I fought so mm-hmm. I fought so hard to yeah. get out of that relationship. Yeah. And people don't understand how hard it is to get out of that. No. And when you finally, that final thing happens that you're like, I cannot allow myself to do this. Yeah. I, my final straw is when my ex and I broke up. We were still living in the same house. And I feel like that happens a lot. Oh, with, it did with me. Yep. You break up. You're still living in the same house because mm-hmm. you literally have nowhere to go. You have no one that will right, understand. And breakups happen abruptly, so you have yeah. no game plan. And so he broke up with me, and we were apart for, like, two, three months at this point. Okay. And I was – I had a side person. Okay. We went on this – he found out that I was going on this vacation with this person that I used to work with. Okay. And – I, he got like two inches from my face and was screaming. Like spit on your face yes. coming. Yeah. I screaming saying, you're a fucking slut. You're a whore. What I'm going to do. And this is when I had Nora at the time. He said, I'm going to put fucking Nora and all your shit out to the road so that the trash man can get them. And basically pick her up and like take her with the fucking trash. Yeah. That man. And I called my mom and I said, I need you to come here now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm scared for my life at this point. Yeah. Like I've had a gun held in my face. I have had him, you know, scream at me after I found him cheating on me multiple fucking times. Yeah, Cause it's your fault. Cause you're not giving him enough. Thank you. It's always the other person's fault. Yeah. And, no self accountability. Yeah. And I now like, I, realize how blessed I am Mm -hmm. to have Lamont in my life even though we there are things that happens in you know our relationship and even being co-parenting now like I'm very blessed to have him in my life because he taught me that like 
you don't need to put up with that shit. No. Like he created this strong mentality in myself because I never found myself worthy of love. And even if he doesn't love me the way that I need to be loved, he at least gave me the ability to love yourself. Thank you. And like, I've never worked on myself as hard as what I have the past two years. Yeah. And I thank him specifically for that, you know? Well, you also have to thank yourself. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Like, uh, well, duh, of course, you know. You can't just put all the no, credit on him. No, but he was the, I, I feel like the if he opener. wouldn't have said, mm-hmm. like, you need to stop acting like your ex. You need to stop talking like your ex. I'm sick of hearing okay, this so person. He, like, that's, what, okay, that. Like, right now, I'm in a good, healthy relationship, right? Yes. And he will ask me things like, well, what can I do to help? Like, what do you need? And I'm like, so like, Miss Independent, I can do it myself. I, do it myself. I don't need yeah. help. I'll be like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm th- like, thanks, but no, I'm good. He was yeah. like, well, do you have this? I'm like, no. He's like, well, then you need that. Yeah. I'm like, but I can get it myself later. He's like, but I'm already going to the store. And yeah. it's something as so simple as like my Dr. Pepper. Like, he'll ask me, he's like, babe, do you have Dr. Pepper? I'm like, no. He's like, well, why don't you tell me that you need that? I'm like, because I can get it myself. He's like, will you stop? He's like, I am here to make your life easier. And like, I'm here because I care about you. And like, if if I want to, I want to help you. And like, but you've never felt okay to say, Hey, I need that. You've never felt comfortable enough to communicate because when you do, it was always a burden. Yeah. Always a burden. Yeah. So you learn to be like hyper self-independent, hyper like self-sufficient and not rely on anybody else. I don't need a man. I don't need none of this fucking shit. Yeah. You're very like, I can just fucking do it myself. Why yeah. would I ask for that when I can do it myself? Right. And yeah. like, he, he checks me like, yeah. I'll do it. And he'd be like, you're doing it. I'm like, mm, sorry. Let me just back that up here. Yeah. So like now, like granted it's still new, but it's happened so often that like, you're now reprogramming. I'm reprogramming. That's, yep. So like, he'll ask me he'll like, Hey, I'm going to the store. Is there anything you want? And I'm like, no, I'm just like craving sweets. Like just give me something sweet. He's like, well, like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't care. Surprise me. Yeah. He's like, well, how about ice cream? I was like, bet. Here are my flavors. And he'll come with ice cream or Dr. Pepper or whatever he feels yeah. that, like, he wants to bring me. And, like, it's those sweet little things that, like, I never had in my previous relationship that I'm like, I feel so lucky and so blessed to have somebody that cares about me and cares about the little things. Are you concerned at all with about what? this new, like, life after and love after divorce and being in a narcissistic Mm. manipulative abusive relationship are you ever nervous that it could happen again it could happen again it's always going to be there in the back of my mind yeah but i think recognizing the behaviors that i once ignored yeah i mean it's happened before i mean the guy that I talked to before yeah. this one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you. He texted me. Oh, God. Because he's single now. Shocker. I creeped on his Facebook. Mm. And he said, let's just scroll here and find it. Hey, how have you been? Finally got myself together. Hopefully you don't hate me. I took a week to respond because I didn't know. I wasn't even gonna, but then I was like, no, like that's not staying true to yourself. Like say what you got to say. Right. So I said, listen, I don't hate you, but I honestly expected better. Oh, let me, where'd it go? Get my ball. Where's your, 
here's your ball. Here's my therapy ball. Oh, oh shit. Oh, don't lose it again. <laughs> so I was like, I don't hate you, but I expected better. If you were seeing other people or started dating someone, you really could have just been honest instead of ghosting me like you did. Do you think that fucker responded? No, of course not. Of course Because not. you checked him. And you're like, red flag. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, moments like that and, like, dating, I was just like, mm, not entertaining it. Yeah. So, like, with him, my current boyfriend, I don't feel concern. Like, it's – I tell him this all the time. I'm like – I love when you come over because you have just like this peaceful, calming energy and Mm -hmm. like, it's just very tranquil when you come over. Like I just feel at peace. I was just about to say And I've never felt like that with anybody because I'm so high strung. Yeah. I'm like, am I getting on your nerves? Am I too annoying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm fucking SpongeBob. Okay. And he's over here like Squidward. Oh my God. Not total Squidward. I know what you mean. But, like, just calm like Squidward. Like, yeah. not angry, not, like... He's just super tranquil yes, and chill. Yes, And I love that about him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, you're just so peaceful. Like, how are you so calm? Have you guys ever had a chance to have a, like, argument or... Not argument, but, like, mm. a disagreement. Let me say that. <laughs> yes. So, today actually it was kind of like our first one where like we were talking and we didn't really agree on things so we were talking i don't even know how we got on this subject but we're talking about like only fans or like whatever we that type of topic and i was like well what if i like sold feet pics and yeah. he goes no that's all he said was no i'm like like you're not gonna allow me to do that he's like i just don't feel like you should be selling your body. And I feel like even if it's feet pics, my left like, toe, even if it's feet pics, like you're still technically selling your body. I'm like, okay, well then like later on, we got onto the topic of like sugar daddies and like sugar mamas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, miss innocence, like grew up in a Christian school, like the complete opposite. I thought sugar daddies, like I didn't realize like it was like sexual favors. Well, some of them. Can okay. Be. But I thought it was just more, mostly like the company aspect of it. Like it depends on the person, but there, there is aspects of both. Okay, see, I didn't know the other one. Oh, okay. I thought it was just strictly like, oh, you're going to be my like, friend. I'm going to go on a dinner date with you, yeah. and then you're going to pay me to yeah. go on a dinner date yeah. with you. And yeah. just converse with you. That's literally what I thought yeah. it was. I mean, it could be if you have a good sugar daddy. Well, but... that's what I thought it was. Okay, so, anyways. <laughs> we were talking about it, and he's like, yeah, I would never. He said something about like, well, you need one, but you could never have one. And I'm like, why? I'm like, that's innocent. Like, you just spend time with the person. He goes, that's all you think that happens? I was like, yeah, like they just want your time. So naive. I know. And he's like, no, they want like sexual favors. And I'm like, not all of them. No. And I was like, I mean, a majority of them. Yes. But like I told him, I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool? Like if I had one and like he paid for me to go on a vacation and just like brought you along and like we have this free fucking vacation or like he buys me a car and a house. I mean, I already have those things, but I mean, still get a second one. Right. Give me a boat. Give there me a go. cabin. There you go. Jet skis. Yeah. All that fun stuff. Yeah. But he's like, no. I'm like, well, if you had a sugar mama and she was doing all that and like I benefited from it, like, fuck yeah, I would be, have no problem. So like that was like the extent of our disagreement. But like we were like laughing about it and like. It was in a joking manner. Yeah. And no one took it personally. No. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like he's a lot more secure with who he is? Oh, hundred percent. Like he doesn't have any issues with like. No. You're going to leave me for someone else. You're going to. No. Yeah. I mean, like we make jokes like his phone will ring and like he was the is first that your girlfriend. One. Yeah. We've, I'm like, oh, is that your other girlfriend? It's like your work wife. Yeah. And he'll be like, no, it's not. It's my mom. <laughs> and I'm like, You're like even worse, honey. I'm like, oh, okay. 
or like my phone will vibrate. He's like, wow, you're really popular tonight. Like all your boyfriends hitting you up. Like, yeah, it's in a joke. It's in a very yes. joking, but I feel like that's also your humor though. Yes. And so, he's like that too. Like we have the same sense of humor. Yeah. So like we joke around like that and it's not like unhealthy for me because yeah. I do it to him and he does it back and like yeah. neither of us have a problem. Yeah. And like he and I have like had conversations about like the way our relationship was or wasn't progressing for either of us and like they were open conversations like he was just like hey like I'm kind of feeling like a friend and I feel like I want to be more than just a friend like are you looking for just a friend right now because like so sweet of him to ask that I would like to like I I don't want just friends like I really like you and I care about you and like I would want this to be something long term and I'm like well, yeah, like, I don't want just friends. He's like, well, that's, like, the vibe I'm getting off of you is just that you are good And you're like, friends. no, literally, like, I'm like stick no. your wiener inside of me. No. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just, I want to take my time. I'm like. I know what you mean. I like you, and I've done the sex thing prematurely and jumped into bed with somebody, and it's never panned out well for me. Yeah. So, like, I'm just trying to, like, pace it. Yeah. And, like, make sure that, like, one, I'm really comfortable with you. Like, I do feel that way, but I'm just not ready for that yet yeah and he was, was totally fine with it did you have any intimate moments with him previous to him asking to be your girlfriend if you don't want to answer it's fine like sex with him before he asked me to be his girlfriend or like what type of intimacy are we talking here yeah i'd just say intimacy intimacy so it's not like well you know what i mean you know me open book <laughs> um, um so what i'm asking is you kind of know what i'm leading into yeah okay so was he were you guys intimate previous to that or is that still an issue that you kind of have no right now okay, not so an issue no, at all no issue no okay Mm-mm. okay no but like he didn't ask me to be his girlfriend right away okay and so there's like the whole topic of like well what are we and i'm like well we're like dating and he's like but i didn't ask you to be my girlfriend i'm like but you're taking me on dates and we're spending Courtney. time together. I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and say like, oh, I'm just talking to you because what are we in middle school? Like, I don't yeah. understand the talking phase. Like, dating is literally taking me on dates. And if we're going on multiple dates, then yes, we're dating. We're not in a relationship. Right. You can be dating somebody and not be in a relationship. But right. you can't be in a relationship without dating somebody. Right. And I think like our generation fix like there's just so much muddled in that area. So like I explained that to him. He's like, wow, I've never really thought of it that way, but it's like really true. Yeah. I'm like, so like if people ask me like who you are to me, I'm like, yeah, it's just this guy that I'm seeing. Like we're dating, like not in anything, not in a serious relationship, but yeah. like. I'm, I'm more of a courting person. Okay. I like the word courting. Okay. Cause I feel like it's like, I have the power when it comes to oh, that. Okay. We're dating. I feel like dating is like, he's dating me. Yeah. And it gives him the power. So, yeah. like, courting is, like, a man courting a woman. Okay. That's how I kind of look at it. I like that. And then, like, then we're, like, in a relationship. Yeah. So, it goes from courting to in a relationship. Okay. I like that. So, it's more, like, serious. Yeah. Like, I feel like courting, you're, like, going on dates. You're, instead of saying dating, I fucking hate that word. Dating. I just hate being fucking almost 30 in the goddamn dating world. That's all I got to say. Girl. So. Dick pics? Like, what the fuck? Why? If you are not going, listen, this is why I tell my mom all the time. Like, I It's have, never. Before it's never this okay. relationship, I had my fair share of them sent to me. I'm like, you know what? I don't understand, like, these pickup lines for one. Like, I had a guy message me. Like, okay, so I met my current boyfriend on a dating app. Mm-hmm. And it was literally Christmas Day. And it was after the last fiasco with T. 
Yeah. And so T and I like stopped talking abruptly, Mm -hmm. ghosted me. And I was like, you know what? Was this, wait, so the guy that you're dating now, is this the guy that you showed me on your camera or was that the other guy? Mm, Camera. Your, um, your ring camera at your house. No, that was T. Oh, so I don't know who this person is. No. (gasps) Oh, this is the one I, I mean, we're in a like Facebook legit relationship. Well, I know that, but like, you never talked talked to to me about about this person. No, because I haven't seen you. No. Oh my God. So this is all new for you too. Well, what was I saying? Oh, Tinder. Tinder. There we go. The fucking dating app. So that's how we met. And I downloaded it Christmas day. I was like, because we had Christmas Eve at my parents' house. So I was like home alone on Christmas. I was like, I'm so bored. You are getting yourself a week. That is it. If you do not find something semi-legit in a week, we are done, done, done with dating. Like I will meet somebody sometime eventually, but dating apps are not the place for you if you can't find something in a week. Right. I gave myself that time frame. I was like, one week. This is your Hail Mary play. Like, so I downloaded on Christmas. One of the first messages was this guy like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, like, hey, what are you doing? What's up? I was like, nothing, like just chilling at home. How about you? And his response was like, oh, same, about to go for like a snowy walk. Would you like to join me? And like I was typing a response. And as I was typing my response, another message from him pops up and it says, nah, scratch that bad idea. How about I just come over and blow your back out? So, okay, let me get this straight. Men, if you would not say it to me in a g- grocery store in public, if you would not whip your penis out in a grocery store or public, why do you think it's okay to send it in a message? Bro. Why? Bro. So what was the first message you got from him, your boyfriend? Oh, my God, I don't even remember. We matched, and we just started talking on the app, and then – like, I'm always super sketchy about, like, giving my phone number out on there because, like, dick pics. Oh, like, at least if it's on Snapchat, I can, like, tap that shit away real quick and block you, you know? Right. And, I, like, I feel like a phone number, like, it's a little bit more of, like... Personal. Yeah. yeah. So, I think we matched, talked for a little bit. I We exchanged, like, Snapchats and we started talking on Snapchat. Well, then it was, like, whatever. We felt good. Gave him my number and we just... I don't know, talked like every day. Um, so we met on like we initially like linked up on the app on Christmas and our first date was New Year's. Like, talk about like fucking rom com typical like movie timeline. You meet on Christmas and your first Bruh. date's on New Year's. Yeah. Dude, what? I know. So what is the like vast difference? That you notice. Like between him and all of the other people that I've ever been with? Well, this person and specifically like your disgusting ex. Um, there's just so many differences. Like he's genuinely one of the sweetest people that I have ever dated or mm-hmm. been in a relationship with. Like he just says things and like does things and like goes out of his way to like make me feel important to him. Mm-hmm. And like with my ex, like never. Yeah. Not unless I was fishing for that would I get it. So your boyfriend now just naturally. Yes. Yes. Does that for you. Yes. And like it's taken me some time to get used to it because it was never something that I had before. So it's kind of like. Were you kind of like, like, eh, I don't believe you. 
Yeah. Or like, mm, I'm so undeserving. Ugh. Or like, mm, you're saying this, but what do you really want? I was just about to say, what's your alternative motive? Yeah. And like, I've told him about it because like he brought up the fact of like, you always tell me, no, you don't need anything or no, you don't need my help. Like, that's what I want. I want to help you. I want to be there for you. Like, I want to do things for you. Like, and, but I don't know if you don't tell me. And I was like, listen, like, I'm really sorry that that's how I'm making you feel. It's not my intention. Mm -hmm. But for so long, I've been hyper self-sufficient that like me telling you what I need or what I want, Mm -hmm. like, feels so wrong i'm like because i did it for eight years i told that person i gave them a play-by-play and they just completely ignored it i'm like so i had to learn how to fend for myself in that area and so like when you ask me like what do i need like it's just my instinct to tell you i'm good yeah i'm like it's something that i know that i need to work on and it's something that i'm willing to work on like you just have to be patient with me and he is he's so freaking patient this man this man is so patient and like I don't know. He plans dates. Do you think my ex ever planned a date? Never. No. Our date night was going to freaking Applebee's and then grocery shopping and then home. Applebee's is fucking disgusting in my opinion. Like we go to hockey games. Like he planned our first date. Like we're going to hockey game this Friday. Um, Oh, oh, talk about rom-com. I didn't tell you this. We went to our second hockey date, like hockey game date. Don't say the fucking kiss cam. We were on the fucking kiss cam. (laughs) Oh, this bitch is on the fucking yeah we were on the kiss cam like it's literally i feel like sometimes with him i'm literally living in my own romantic movie bro yeah i know right bro it happens to people when you least expect it like i'm saying like love like love happens when you least expect it well like you know i'm religious right yeah so um we're on the phone today him and i were And I said something about like praying or whatever. And he's like, well, do you pray for me? I was like, I've prayed for you every single night since December 25th. And he's like, what? And I'm like, every night. He's like, well, what do you pray? And I'm like, you know, like, I just, I thank God that I had this opportunity to know you. And like, I hope that, you know, you have a restful night's sleep, that your next day is a good one. He keeps you safe while you're driving for work. Um, And that, like, you, he brings you and I closer together. And, like, we continue to grow closer together as a couple. Right. And he got, like, really choked up and kind of, like, emotional about it. He's like, that is literally the sweetest thing I've ever heard. I have never heard of somebody ever praying for me before. And he's like, and you do this every night? I'm like, every night I lay in my bed and, like, I go through the list of people that I care about. Mm -hmm. And you're on that list. And he's like, I just didn't realize that I was on that list. So how was his past relationships? Did he have a similar? Yeah. So he was probably cheated on. He was. Yep. Yep. They had a house together. Um, oh, so serious. Yeah. How long were they together? Mm, I don't really remember. Okay. Well, he I mean, told me, really but I forgot. But it's, so it was quite a while. It was a while. Yeah. They to had a house together. together and like they raised corgis and bred corgis and it was like a whole thing. And um, she ended up cheating on him and he like walked away from everything. Like I did. I mean, I walked away from our house. So you guys have such similar yeah. instances. So you guys kind of bonded off of that. Yeah. A little bit, I think. But also, I guess. I think it helps us understand each other, too. Yeah. And like our defense mechanisms. I haven't noticed any from him. I'm obviously the more on defense one. Right. Um, But 
like I think it helps us understand each other. Yeah. So I guess what is what would be your biggest like advice to anyone listening for like if they're get, in if they're in that situation and after the situation what to like expect you're not hopeless there is always hope it could be the smallest thing but you just need to grab onto it yeah like whether it's getting up in the morning and doing your hair and makeup and that makes you feel like a person do it Mm -hmm. every day and you are more important than anyone else yeah your happiness should come before anybody else's happiness Mm -hmm. because if you're with a person like that they're not they're not thinking about your happiness they're thinking about their own Mm -hmm. i think you're not alone you're not alone you're never alone No matter how isolated you feel being with that person, your family still cares. Mm -hmm. Your friends still care, even if, like, you know, you don't hang out with them as much. I guarantee you that when you tell them your side of the story, that they will empathize with you and try to be there for you. Um, There is a way out. There's always a way out. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say to be cautious in your exit plan with a narcissist. And make sure that you have it planned. Yes. Don't just be like, I'm done with you and then be stuck. Because you'll never be done. No. Um, I think there needs to be a strategic plan. Um, I had a strategic plan. Yeah. And that's, I think, the only way that I was able to successfully leave. Yeah. Um, and you were also married, too. So that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like there are a lot of people... Um, that are in relationships and are married that they are so isolated. It's the financial abuse. It's the verbal abuse that they don't feel worthy. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, whatever. Journaling helped me with a lot of that. That's yeah, that's good. Make sure that they do not have access to your journal. No, keep it with you at all times. Put yeah. it under your pillow while you're sleeping, put it in a lock box that they don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Keep it in your vehicle. Yeah. Like, Whatever that is, whatever to an extent, because if they were to find that, I used to read him pages from my journal, like to hopefully trigger some type of empathetic response. Yeah. Nothing. And just know, I'm glad that you said that. Just know that at the end of the day, like they don't know how to empathize. You with don't people. ever get the closure that you're asking for. Never. And that has to be something that, you know, going into it. Yeah. I think I looked for that for a long time and I finally was like, you're never going to get it. Like, I, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And I'm sorry, that's not going to make it better. I have to tell you this because you just brought that up. So I have not talked to that specific ex since we broke up. This was probably like four years ago because Lennox is three. We'll be three in April. Mm -hmm. Probably four or five years ago. It's the last time I talked to him. He texted me. When? Two days ago. Okay. And let me just say that, for one, I thought it was a different person. Like, out of the blue, he texted you? Yes. Literally. He texted me Saturday. Okay. And I'm not going to read the message, but just basically, he just said that, like, he was going through my, like, his messages, his old messages on his iCloud and, like, photos and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. he was going through everything, and he said that it was basically like random that he was texting me and he goes, obviously like I haven't heard from you. You haven't heard from me like for obvious reasons, you know, and what really is crazy that the, I feel like I'm getting emotional. 
just take a breath. Maybe three. The old Rachel would have looked at this message and just like fell right back into who this person is. Yeah. And now being healed and now working on myself, I read the, this message and it just signifies that like I am not worthy of this message. I'm just going to read one little snippet that literally triggered me to just know that he's never going to change yeah. as a narcissist. He said... I hope I taught you as much as you taught me. Mm. Not about life, but about yourself. And those are the last two sentences of that message. And when I read that, I realized that this person is oblivious completely oblivious see when you told me that i just feel like he's trying to take credit for the life that you're living now thank you that's what i got from that like he i i feel like i wouldn't let, let me say this i'm not sitting here i probably cut this out i'm not sitting here giving him credit by any means but when we are in a, we're in a relationship together and I was just trying, I was at Alta still, and I was trying to start my business. He looked at me and said, you will never be anything one day. Never. Mm. You will never be successful. You will never be anything one day. You know, the, the isolation period. Yeah. And I just looked at him and I was like, fucking wait and see. Fucking wait and see. Like. Okay, please do not cut this out. Because this is like monumental. Because they're, like, this is the life after yeah. Think about it. Like you asked me that question. I just don't want to give him the satisfaction of me saying that. And he's going to misinterpret it and saying that it was him who got me to where I'm at today. But it's not. It's me. It's not. And for someone, especially th that you loved so much to say something like that to you and you know your potential and you know <sighs> who you are. It so deep. It hurts so bad. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I built a six figure business by myself. By myself. I do I have ups and downs? Of course. Everybody but does. You can't tell me that I will never be something one day because that's the fucking opposite of who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And for you to say, I hope I taught you as much as you taught me, you taught me how the person that I would never, ever, ever want to be with the significant other that I would never want to be with. You taught me what I again. don't deserve. Thank you. Like I never like reading that message really puts me back into perspective. Like I have personally came so far. Like when you're going through the healing process, you don't see it. No. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I can't tell you how many times I would get home from work. And it's just me and my dog. Yep. And I lost my shit. Fucking crying, ugly crying, yep. can't breathe, snot coming out of my nose, fucking full on, yeah. can't breathe, right? And I call my mom and she's like, listen, just feel it. Like, you just have to feel it. You cannot bottle it up. Mm -hmm. You cannot skip over this part. Mm -hmm. I know it sucks. But like I told you, I think the hardest part of leaving a narcissist is mourning the loss of a life you never lived. 
you envision your life with them, right? Mm -hmm. Like what you're going to do, what you're going to name your kids, what kind of toys they're going to have, like the house that you're going to build, et cetera. And then you're done with that person. And yet you feel saddened because you've never got to live the life that you thought you were going to. Yeah. And it's. That's the heavy part. It's the. It's the false promises that were made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A and promise of forever. And it sucks. And the thing is, is anyone who is listening to this that has went through a abusive or narcissistic relationship, just please understand that you are not alone. You are not alone. Like, as alone as you feel and as isolated as, as you feel, there are people out here that have went through similar, very, very similar instances where Carissa and I, we've, I would say came from two different worlds in oh, my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. And we have went through literally to AT a similar, like, yeah, a similar, um, experience, experience. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine what my life would have been like if, I mean, we were trying for three years to have a kid, me and him, three years. Mine tried to trick me into having a kid. And it's like, I, what's really crazy is I'm so glad that I never had a child with that human being. Co-parenting would be a disaster. And I'm blessed that God put me in the realm of having the co-parenting relationship that I do with mm -hmm. Lamont because I would not want to co-parent with anyone besides him. Yeah. I would not. I truly and utterly am very, like, very, very grateful for that. And what's so crazy is my ex actually has a kid with another girl. Oh. And what's really crazy is I was like, there must be something wrong with me. There must be something wrong with me. And after I left the relationship, I got pregnant within three months with Lamont. Three months. But, like, that's the thing, like... Divine, There's a reason. divine intervention. There is a reason why God was like, girl, I nah. am not going to bless this seed. Like, I am not, like, this yeah. is not going to happen. Like, so mine tried to convince me to get my IUD taken out after my car accident. I'm like, I don't know if I can carry a child. Like, I don't know if my body's ready for all that. Like, I'll make an OB appointment. Like, I'll talk to her about it, right? Yeah. So went to physical therapy. The, the It was wrote on the calendar. I look at the calendar every day before I leave for, like, whatever. Yeah. Get to physical therapy. After physical therapy, I beeline to the grocery store. I got my groceries, came home, started, like, cleaning, cooking, whatever, completely and obliviously, like, forgot about that appointment. Didn't go to it. He comes home and is like, so, how'd it go today? And I was like, yeah, physical therapy was great. Like, made great strides. And um, he's like, well, what about the other appointment? I was like, what? What other appointment? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't go to any other appointment. I only had the one, physical therapy. He's like, uh, no, right here, and, like, points to the whiteboard. And I was like, oh, shit, like, I forgot. He goes, seriously, you want to have a kid and you can't even maintain your own health and doctor's appointments? And, like, I wasn't ready. I had just went through something super traumatic. Like, I'm just getting my job back. Like, I'm just figuring life out. Like, yeah, no, I wasn't really ready. I was just going to the appointment to appease him. But, like, could you imagine? Oh, God, no. Girl, there's a reason why it did not happen yeah. with 
either of our exes. Yeah. There is a reason. Spawn of Satan. Girl, that is Seriously. the devil's child. Yeah. Like that shit, when kids, I'm all I have like, to say this when kids think come of in. the emotional trauma girl, that the child would have its entire childhood. Mm-mm. We only experience the time frame of that. They're experiencing it their whole entire life. Literally their whole life. And what's sad is that there are a lot of people in this world that think that having a child is fixes going to it? fix the oh, situ- God, fixes no. them as no. a narcissist and it only makes that situation worse. Yeah, because they live vicariously through their child. Yep. But their child is never good enough for them though. No. Never good enough. And then that turns them into a narcissist. Mm-hmm. It's an endless become- cycle of narcissists so to conclude there's life after i own a home i'm running a business um my vehicles are paid off like you're in a happy loving relationship oh, where super you feel healthy relationship safe you feel safe heard and, yes yeah and seen mm-hmm. um all i gotta say is if you notice anything like very early on in your relationship it's only going to get worse from there so don't yeah. think that that i believe that people can change but only I, if they want to only if they want to only if they want to and if you, they're not willing to go to therapy or counseling they're definitely not going to change yeah um so to conclude thank you you're welcome so much thank you for letting me tell my story somewhat I feel like there's so much more that we could, we could literally, probably we could literally do, do part two. two, three, and four. Like, I feel like there's so much more. Um, if you guys are interested in hearing more about Carissa's past life, nothing. We barely hit anything. This is and the it's tip almost of the iceberg. an hour and a half of filming right now. But um, I want to thank you for being so vulnerable and open. And also, thank you for the boundary, too. I feel like a lot of people don't have boundaries when they come on yeah. here. So thank you for implementing a boundary with me. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. And I appreciate your vulnerability and you being open. So if you guys are interested in, in listening to maybe a part two. I think we could do a part two and get it done sure. in two. For sure. We'll just outline it a little bit more. <laughs> right. Well, it's not going to be as like, you know. I feel like we had a lot of catching up to do too because I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, yeah. I hope you have fun with your new man toy. Oh, we are. And I'm so happy that you're happy. I'll just show you a picture. Or did you see it? I mean, I think it's hot, but... Okay, I'm ending this now. Okay, bye!